0: It, it, it's just What a grace of God It's like It's a forced community Yeah It really is what it is It's a forced community Where you are forced To either obey Or disobey God Yep You have a choice Every day To um, To trust God And obey his word mm-hmm. And how you're to love one And all of those One another's are first exercise Between me and my wife And then also me and my family <laughs> Welcome everybody to another episode of Make and Multiply. My name is Matt Groon, uh, pastoral resident at Emmaus Road Church, and I'm joined once again with my dear friend, Ryan Chase, uh, pastor and elder at Emmaus Road Church. And um, man, these, this is really a highlight of my week, mm. sitting down with, with you and um, Caleb's again sick. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's down. We miss his presence. We do miss him. Um, but this really is a sweet time for, for me, and um, hopefully people are... Edified. You know, if if we ran, if we were live with the recording, th- these would be
1: so much longer. Oh we'd, my god! We just have so much to say on all of these. <laughs> Probably we're the only ones who'd be
0: interested in it. It's so true. Yeah, but we could talk about these topics for oh, a long time. We really could. It's embarrassing. Yeah, we 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 have it is an exercise of restraint. Yes, um, and we're better at it at times than others, and yeah. and we're doing our best. But and today, who knows? We might get out over our skis today. Uh, today, the topic. And I, I guess we could entitle this, Why Kids? Mm. And what do... We, what a heck of a question. let take Kevin DeYoung's title. Well, that's probably a better The top. Case for Kids. The Case for Kids. So this, today we're going to discuss uh, an article that dropped in First Things. It's a consortium of um, Catholic Protestant thinkers uh, who write on various topics. And he wrote an article, Kevin DeYoung, uh, a friend of our family churches, a um, trusted pastor uh, and thinker. He wrote a, a long uh, treatment on, the, and he titled it, The Case for Kids. And so we're going to explore that a little bit today um, and then give our own thoughts of what do we think about it. Um, and I'll, I'll tee it up here uh, with, if this is in the opening couple paragraphs of uh, Kevin Young's article. He, he says this, at no time in history have people been having fewer children in most countries the number of births per woman is well below the p- replacement rate. And even in countries with high TFR that's total fertility rate such as those in sub-Saharan Africa the rate is dropping. This is, this is a brilliant line. The human race seems to have grown tired of itself. Mm. <laughs> okay. All right, given that launching point Ryan. Yeah. What what are your what are your first thoughts? Yeah.
1: I think uh, initially, you know, the, the curiosity, why is that, mm. what leads to that? And that's one of the things that de young explores in this article, there are various factors. It's, it's complicated. There are lots of reasons that all kind of come together and converge to create this unique situation in world history. Mm. Um, I think it's related to, we did an episode on, um, Strange New World, yeah. the book by Carl Truman, uh, related to modern technology. Mm. There was a time in history where it would have been unthinkable to people not to have kids because their own survival was at stake. Um, yeah, that's the, right. The future of humanity. But they felt it much more immediately in
0: you know the need for help on the farm yeah. or whatever. Um, uh, pause. Con- Concursively with that, not only is the need for survival, but also the uh, how technology has advanced. Also, the um the risk of having premarital sex was uh, was you were the chances of producing a child yeah. pre 1960 were much higher Yeah. so there was just the 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 temptation to promiscuity mm-hmm. the results were way more immediate and in your face right. we were, we Some were still modern
1: technologies that. M- make it easier for people to kind of just live in the moment mm-hmm. um feel like all my needs are going to be met by somebody out there mm-hmm. by the cloud by the algorithms whatever mm-hmm. um and yeah, as well as kind of cutting off uh, children from sex. That's right. And separating those things and so, cutting the fruit from the tree. Yeah. And keeping the tree. Yeah. So so you know that that's an initial thought. Why is that? But another thought is um, how should we think mm. biblically about kids? How are people thinking about kids today? That's leading to conscious decisions people are making. Not to have kids. Um, why do people do that? But then, how should we think? Are our, our own views of children in
0: line with God's view yeah. of children, as He reveals that to us in His Word? It seems also that um, He puts His finger on also the reality that um, people are just getting married later mm-hmm. in life, and so I think, you know, I think the average—I'm um, not sure where the where the stat is—but the I think He says the average uh, age of marriage for women now in 2022 is 29. Mm -hmm. Um, Think of that like, think of 1922. Average age would have been 18, Mm -hmm. 19. So 10 years, so over 100 years, 10 years have been at it. Now, I made this point in one of the classes I was teaching. Um, What hasn't slowed is our physical development, right? right? Um, High schoolers are still reaching the age of of sexual maturity at the same time they always have. What has dramatically slowed down is mental, spiritual maturity Mm -hmm. that's lagged behind that Mm -hmm. um, into, you know, their late, what seems to be mid, early, mid, late 20s um, of wanting to settle down, if you will. Well, we see that reflected in decisions in our country Mm. to leave, you know, so-called
1: kids on their parents' insurance (laughs) until... Mid twenty six, yeah, mid to late twenties. Uh, it, it's a reflection of that. You know, you, uh, you're still kind of a kid. Uh, you haven't grown. I'm still up yet. responsible for you. as yeah. the parent. Yeah, no, yeah. that's that's so and again, it's, it's all connected. It's it's uh, it's all systemic. It, it, it's all related. Um, having children forces you to grow up. Not everybody who has kids automatically grows up, uh, but it certainly f- puts a burden mm-hmm. on you. To grow and mature
0: and take responsibility for other human beings mm. beyond yourself. That's right. Yeah. Tr- or the uh, young, then he, he goes on to tr- start to give some some comment. Um, he says this: when family formation fails, so that's what he's after is that the family has seemed is it's lagging in its development, right? Yeah. Pe- people, a if they are getting married, they're getting married much later, yep. and if they are getting married, very few are having. And if they are having kids, they're not having very many. That's right. And that's ultimately where he's after. Yep. But he's trying to decide, discern as we are when we hear that, you know, what are the causes? Mm-hmm. So he's this, when family formation fails, so does the inculcation of faith. So pause. It seems like in his article, what is really incredible about what he's doing is he's he's taking something like the TFR, the, the total fertility rate of the entire world mm-hmm. and saying, it's one thing to have... a a depression in TFR in an isolated area. Yeah. Right. We can attribute that to, you know, any number of more temporal, um, realities, whether there's a, you know, a drought or, you know, just some, something like that. But the fact that it's happening globally, globally, um, there's something deeper at stake. So he, he, he's, That's what he's putting his finger on. He goes on. This is Mary Eberstad's argument in the book, How the West Was Really Lost, or sorry, How the West Really Lost God. Family decline is not merely a consequence of religious decline, it's the cause of it. Religious people are more inclined toward family life, but it is also the case that something about family life inclines people toward religion. There is no need to prioritize the chicken or the egg. It is the indissoluble connection that matters. The fortunes of faith and family rise and fall together. That's insightful. Fascinating. That is insightful. That somehow, and I think he's exactly right, The um, there is an indissoluble connection between family growth <laughs> And the, uh, the strengthening, establishing, and continuance of faith, yeah. something is united there. right?
1: And we, we see that in God's word, Deuteronomy mm-hmm. 6, clear command to parents, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and you shall teach your children to do the same. So the primary environment of faith formation is the home. Mm-hmm. That, that's the first place where, where kids are introduced to the truth of God's word. Parents are commanded to talk about God's word as they go about their daily lives. So children are supposed to be brought up in an environment, in a family, where they are witnessing the mm. living faith of their parents. They're hearing God's word. They're seeing it lived out. They're being discipled. New Testament, Paul gives that command, fathers, bring up your children in the nurture and the instruction, the admonition of the Lord. So that connection that as as um, faith declines in adults, we see that having you know fewer people have a mm. biblical motivation to get married and have kids, but the other direction as well, as fewer people are starting families, kids are there are less kids, they're not yeah. being brought up in uh, a, a spiritual environment. Yeah. That is a, a fascinating
0: observation. Yeah, we're we're certainly not after here, and I don't think DeYoung is either. Like we need to have kids to replace ourselves. Like mm-hmm. we're not just after population sustainability. This is not a um, yeah. a globalist you know climate. We just we need to. Keep going yeah. um, for the survival of the human race. No, what he's putting his finger on is as as we've seen, he, you know, he says the chicken or the egg discussion is not really helpful here because they're, they're just tied together. Mm-hmm. So it, it's almost asking um, the symptom or the cause. Well, they're, it's almost concursive of the lack of having kids tied with the decline of religious faith. And we're seeing those two cycle as the war on the nuclear family has continued to wage mm-hmm. um, starting probably all the way back in the fifties and sixties with no fault divorce and uh, contraceptives and so forth as the, the value of the nuclear family. And by that we mean one man, one woman mm-hmm. married committed mm-hmm. to one another, having children and becoming their own household as that has The war on that has been waged um, Because of our own autonomy We want to be ourselves, we want to be our own person As that's gone on We now find ourselves 60, 70 years down the road In 2022, asking what Are we doing? (laughs) What is going on? Not only Oh look, people are having less kids No, there is a clear Devolution of faith In our country, Mm -hmm. just in general Mm -hmm. Um, And so Okay so that's the diagnosis, yeah. if you will that's happening that's that's happening. a given and you know uh, any any fertility rate under two
1: is a declining population hmm. you've got two parents they have to have at least two kids to replace themselves. anything less than that um is a you know it would result in a decline and and yeah. it's striking as you look at the numbers that de young he starts with a lot of stats what's going on around the world, declining populations in major <laughs> all the major countries in the
0: world yeah it's a yeah, the so hum- it's a it's the- a phenomenon. This is happening. <laughs> I love that line. The human race seems to have just grown tired of itself.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's- and that that's a huge idea in the world today. A lot of people are convinced the world is overpopulated. Um, humans are the problem hmm. with
0: the world, and so there should be less humans, and we should die off. And um- and and cl- and you think of climate change activists who yeah. are saying, I that uh, just recent. I saw this young, you know, naive young twenties something screaming at the top of the lungs. I have no future because you aren't taking climate change seriously. I'm going to die in the next couple of years unless you know this apocalyptic doomsday version of mm-hmm. because of mankind's just existing on the world. Yep. We are destroying we are the, the world mm-hmm. and we are in a, we are in a climate, quote unquote, crisis. Mm-hmm. And so therefore we are we are the problem in the world we should have less of us and also we're all going to die in the next 10 years. So therefore why, why bother? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I guess another question and Ryan, you can run with this. How has, how has technology in, uh, the, the social technology, social, the social media, the Instagram world, how do you think some of that's, do you think that's affected yeah. this and how? Yeah. I, I think that people's, Priorities have
1: clearly shifted Hmm. um, away from establishing a family, uh, having raising up another generation to carry on your name Hmm. in the world. um, To uh, relates to some of those helpful ideas we talked about from Carl Truman, expressive individualism, and so an Instagram uh, culture, an Instagram generation is mainly concerned with. Um, you know, will it Graham? Can I can I take a picture of this and post it? And will mm-hmm. it make me look good? And and how can I uh, find the most expression and and fulfillment of my inner desires now? And so, what people prioritize is individual fulfillment. And children are seen as an obstacle to that Mm. kids get in the way. So first I want to backpack through Europe. First I want to finish my master's degree. First I want to have a career for 10 or 20 years. Mm. First I want to do all of these other things. I I read an article, um, sometime in this last year, I think about this woman who had decided she was going to pursue a career, but freeze eggs so that maybe when she was done in her (laughs) forties at some point, she could have biological children. Mm. Um, and and it was really a tragic article. She just lamented the how unrealistic that dream was mm-hmm. and how she had given her life to this corporation and then reached a point where that was just never going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, so people are prioritizing other things for all kinds of reasons, um, but convinced uh, – I can find fulfillment over here. And children are then mainly seen as a burden, a hindrance, an obstacle. And one of the things I love about DeYoung's article is he's honest about some of those things. Mm-hmm. Like we don't need to romanticize it uh, and just say, oh, kids are just the best. And That's And just right. wonderful. And they're so cute. And, um, and, and so have kids because th- they're so wonderful. No, th- th- it, it's hard. Um, I love this quote. DeYoung says, having children is not for the faint of heart. Kids are expensive. They are messy and exhausting. They take your time and can break your heart. They probably will never love you as much as you love them. Let's not be romantic about it. Children are a burden. That's right. I think that's important. If you're going to develop a biblical view of children, you have to be honest about those things. Otherwise, you get into parenthood and you're totally disillusioned because somebody told you this is going to be just so wonderful and joyful. And and then kids are challenging. Mm children are a burden but they are also one of the greatest earthly blessings and then he asks this poignant question have we turned Rachel's cry of desperation on its head asking god to keep children from us lest we die to ourselves mm. you know so Rachel in her barrenness who cries out give me children or i'm going to die mm-hmm. <laughs> desperate to have children understanding that god blessed them be fruitful And multiply that as seen as a blessing, fruitfulness, multiplication is seen as a blessing. And Young says, have have we turned that on its head? God, keep children from me, lest I have to die to myself. Mm -hmm. Um, I I just think that he he puts his finger on Mm. the issue. Having children requires death to self. We don't want to die to ourselves. We want to express ourselves and live our best lives now. And um, so as a result, a, a lot of, well... Our culture and nations around the world, including a lot of Christians, have been caught up in
0: unbiblical views of children. Mm, yeah. And I think also, you know, there, we're borrowing a lot of language from Truman's book, Strange New World. Um, and as we said last week, the, the bifurcation between the body, the physical, and my um, online identity, right? That which I can curate, that which I can find others who affirm me over there. Um, especially, you know, have in mind particularly women um, what having but becoming pregnant and having children does is it immediately closes that gap like yeah. there's no running away from what's happening in you to you in mm-hmm. the changes that are happening um, and then the, the life that then now is produced from you that then is completely dependent upon yeah. you like and it continues to require your energy that's and right. resources that's right. and and its well-being it, it just feels like it's a god-given Thing, uh, which of course it is, but it's interesting how okay. Why is that under attack so much? Because it's it's tethering us to reality, mm-hmm. um, and it 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 is an obstacle from living that life out in the, uh, the my authentic self out in the spiritual world, yep. which I'm just calling Instagram curated yeah. life. I can go backpacking. I can show the world how you know. Look at us in the Maldives. Look at us in whatever. Look at this food we're eating in Rome, yep. so forth. And children just force that just closes that gap and implodes that. And for our society, it's become a thing to lament. Mm -hmm. It's become a thing of, oh man, look at these, you know, how am I supposed to have a career? How am I supposed to do this or that? Because kids, like you said, are a burden, but what it does is it, you know, in God's kindness, is it it forces us to live physical obedience. It forces us to actually obey God in this physical world. And that is like... Thank the Lord Mm. that he's given us that because my heart is aimed at whatever I want, right? I I turn my eyes to something that I want and I'm just going to walk that way. And left unchecked, I might be able to put God, you know, as a Christian, I might be able to spiritualize God and put him almost like a butler in the sky that I'll I'll let you know when I need you, but let me keep living my life. Mm -hmm. Kids don't let that happen because... Mm. A, there's a physicalness, yeah. a reality to them. They will die unless you act. Yeah. They will die unless you are, you know, they, and it seems like they're particularly, especially my kids, particularly <laughs> trying to get themselves hurt. <laughs> I'm going to throw myself down these steps. I'm yes. going to, you know, stand on this thing. And <laughs> I remember one time I was sweeping down in our, our entryway and uh, it was this summer and, and Jamie all of a sudden turned around and Henry was halfway out our second story window just yeah just cause it's like, (laughs) (laughs) there's just a forced reality
1: and an immediacy about it. It's like their needs are right now and you can't put them off. You can't delay and you can't just say, well, let me take care of myself first. It's like they
0: they are completely dependent on you. And just a reality of like, you know, that we've, we've said enough, I think about, you know, the the curated life, but also for Christians, the reality of, well, you're getting, they're getting in the way of my quiet time. They're getting in the way of my, uh, my spiritual whatever yeah. um, that they're the problem, not yeah. me. But what what kids force you to do is immediately confr- be confronted with your own sin. Mm. Um, I, I've said this before. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Getting married, um, nothing exposed my selfish heart like getting married, and yeah. nothing made that ten times worse uh, the exposure of my <laughs> sinful heart than having kids. Yeah. <laughs> There's just a I am constantly oh, fighting yeah. my own heart. Um, and it's just, so again. You can y- feel very sanctified. <laughs> y- you can overestimate the
1: fruit of the spirit in your life. Think that you are a much more patient, kind, yeah. gentle person than yeah. you actually are. Yeah. Till you throw kids in the mix. Oh my. And
0: you, it makes you desperate for mm. more of the fruit of the spirit. And I, yeah. And it just, it's just a, it's an immediate in your face daily Picture of the patience God has with me, mm. right the the patience that He has with my rebellion when I quote unquote am you know this spiritual whatever and um, and yet I still am quick tempered with my son. Yeah. I'm still um, you know short tempered with my wife and want to wallow in my own. Hey, can't you guys just leave me alone? I have to work. And <laughs> um, it, it, it's just what a grace of God. It's like it's a forced. Community. Yeah. It really is what it is. It's a forced community where you are forced to either obey or disobey God. Yep. You have a choice every day to um, to trust God and obey his word mm-hmm. and how you're to love one. And all of those one another's are first exercise between me and my wife and then also me and my family. Yeah. Um, it just, it becomes this gift from the lord. Yeah,
1: and God designed it like that from mm. the beginning. It's exactly in right. In the beginning he made us male and female. In the beginning he made us with this ability to be fruitful and multiply to mm. fill the earth and subdue it. Mm. So that that's a god-given reality which exposes the insanity of sin. Yeah. That in our sinfulness we would deny that mm thing that's so fundamental to what it means to exist as male and female in this world, how God made us to be, that we would, that people hate that. I mean, that's one of the things that strikes me about the culture that we live in today, how much people hate their own God-given fertility Mm. and all of the extreme lengths people will go to, to avoid being fruitful. It's this like self-imposed barrenness. Mm. And when you read the language of scripture and you see how, how much people longed, for fruitfulness, and then to look around at our culture and see how much people hate fruitfulness and deny it,
0: run from it, yeah. prefer and choose barrenness. It, and barrenness it, is always seen in the text as a judgment. Yeah, It's always seen as either a judgment from God mm-hmm. or something that he clearly is the one to open or close. Yeah, Yeah. Um, and so in our... Pursuit of, and I want to be clear too. It's not just the people. It's not just the people who are actively, like I think I said last week of, um, after Roe v. Wade was was yeah. struck down, all the the amount of young, healthy, single men that went out and got elective vasectomies. It's not just that, right? It's not just contraceptives, abortion, all that. It's the reality that people are waiting. Mm-hmm. Even Christians are waiting until they're late twenties, maybe even early thirties to get married because they have to find themselves and establish their independence and whatever, whatever, Mm -hmm. whatever. And now over half your fertile or half of your fertile window is gone. Mm -hmm. Um, and just realizing fertility and children are a gift from the Lord. The world has driven the priorities,
1: uh, for so many people rather than having our minds renewed by God's world. Like you said, children through God's design, um, they root us in the moment, in mm. the here and now in the the physical That's reality. Right. They're physical beings. I mean it's just crazy when you, you hold a child, mm. flesh and blood, and think this being didn't exist, you know, a year ago. Right. <laughs> or uh, you know, it, it's just it's several months ago. It's just <laughs> crazy <laughs> the physical reality of that. But then there's this transcendent, uh, it, it also, it, children connect us to the future this in is this right. crazy way. And um, this is exactly know, th- th- there's right. There's yeah. an author who helped me see uh, we all stand downstream from people that we've never met. Hmm. We are descended from ancestors. We don't know. We don't know their names. We don't know their stories. And yet our lives are the way they are because of those people in a very real way. We stand downstream from them. And if you turn and look the other direction, we all stand upstream from people we will never meet, future Mm -hmm. generations that don't exist yet, but they are going to descend from us. And so having children extends... Our own influence out into the future—that—that that blows my mind. Yeah. When you think about this, I think when I taught the class on um, the Christian family, the the course seminar that we did, I, I did some of the math and just talked about if you just extrapolate out, if if you were to just have two kids and each of those kids have two kids and on and on, um, within a couple hundred years, you're talking about potential of you know thousands, millions of descendants. And if you're faithful and your kids are faithful and those kids are faithful, think of the impact, mm. how, how much bigger that impact is than you single-handedly could ever have in the world. And, and DeYoung, this is actually the way that he ends his article mm. when he talks about, um, where did that quote go? Um, yeah, the the transcendence
0: oh. of children. Yeah. The dog obedience. Yeah. Yeah. You, I, I got it here. I'll read it. I think Uh, he says this in the end, having children is not merely an act of dogged obedience or even simply an act of faith. It's an act of transcendence. When I tell my children or my child, as he heads out the door, remember, you are a de Young, I'm not only exhorting him to act in keeping with our values, I'm sending our family name out into the world, into places where I cannot be and a future too distant for me to reach. Quote, and I will make you a great nation. God told Abram, and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. That's Genesis 12, uh, 12 too. the Bible is full of genealogies that show that we are a people with a past and a future. When Genesis five traces the line from Adam to Noah, the refrain, and he died is a reminder of the curse of death, but that each man had a son is a reminder of the promise that comes through birth. Genesis three fifteen. The God who has put eternity into our hearts, Ecclesiastes three eleven, also means to put children into the womb, Malachi two twelve or two fifteen. When we grasp one, we will grasp the other. That's powerful. Yeah, man, it's powerful.
1: You know, it, it really forces us rather than our culture's individualistic, here and now, my pleasure, my fulfillment, whatever. Uh, it, it forces us to think beyond ourselves, to die to ourselves in the moment. And yet there's a fruitfulness that comes, you know, like th- this is just how God works in the world. Unless mm-hmm. the seed falls into the ground and dies, there's there's no harvest. Mm-hmm. Um, unless we die to ourselves, w- we cannot enjoy that kind of fruitfulness. Mm-hmm. And, and when you get a vision for that, um, it's, it's just powerful, motivating, uh, encouraging. Think about uh, one of the clearest passages in scripture that speaks to this, and it's often quoted regarding children Psalm 127 verses three through five, behold, chil- children are a heritage from the Lord mm-hmm. a gift from the Lord, the fruit of the womb, a reward mm-hmm. like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the children of one's youth. Blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them. He shall not be put to shame when he speaks with his enemies in the gate. Um, and, and there's an author who points out that text is not mainly talking about, i oh, think about how, cute the pitter-patter of little toddlers right. is in the house when they're running around. You know, Think about little baby cheeks and how, how cute they are. Um, it, it's actually envisioning a time when those children are fully grown, yeah. and this man here who has filled his quiver with them, he is standing in the gates speaking with his enemies surrounded by his children who are now fully grown, faithful, walking with the Lord. Think about the impact of that man as he stands in the gates. Yeah. So have, having children is, is a good thing when you raise them to walk yeah. in, in the ways of God, then yeah. they're a blessing. The Proverbs are full of warnings that um, disobedient, disrespectful children are a shame and an embarrassment mm. um, and a, and can be a pain. So children are not automatically a blessing. Right. The, the key thing is to raise children in God's ways to be, to be faithful in that. Um, but keeping that in mind is so crucial. This is something that Barbara and I have to remind ourselves often. We are not raising little boys were right. raising future men. That's right. They're growing up into something like any mm-hmm. farmer is, you know, he has in mind the final harvest, the, mm-hmm. the crop that he's raising to harvest at the end. He's so he's at not it. raising little saplings or little <laughs> shoots coming up out of the ground. He's, he's raising the, mm-hmm. the fully grown when the, you know, the, the, it's ripe to be harvested. Right. And, and so we keep in mind, what does that look like? Yeah. Fully grown, fully formed men of God.
0: Right. And that affects, you know, that affects our parenting in the sense of, um, you know it's one thing to have my 2 year old throw a tantrum and be like okay he's a 2 year old but recognizing that unless i act and nurture in in, in nurturing and discipline and admonition unless i cultivate that mm-hmm. you know the, that word of farming you know a 2 year old having a tantrum is one thing a 22 year old having a tantrum is a different thing yeah the stakes are way higher and unless Unless, God, unless I trust God in my discipline, mm-hmm. uh, and and I'm aimed at that with that reality, when I look at my two year old and just say, oh, "You can, it's okay, have a tantrum. You're two. It's fine." Mm-hmm. That's the attitude of thinking in the moment. When I see my son having a tantrum at two, what I see is the future man coming from him and saying, "We're gonna. You may not act that way." Yeah. Um, and it's a cultivating process. Now, before we go any further, or before we end it, I do want to make clear what we're not. What Kevin Young is not arguing is that um, if you. Don't have kids, or if you aren't married, you are somehow lesser than. Correct. I think that's important to identify what he's what he's not saying is if you're single um, and you don't have any kids, or or you're married and you don't have any kids. Um, but what he's putting his finger on is m- more so our culture's active um, despisement yeah. Yeah. of rejection. That's right, disobedience, and, and I think
1: it's possible f- to be faithful in your disposition and attitude. Yes. Um, the important thing to check is not well. What is my current status? Hmm. Single or married? Parent or not? Um, but what's my attitude? I- is there anything where I'm I'm intentionally choosing not to get married for un unbiblical reasons, ungodly reasons? Hmm. Um, is is there a view of children? Hmm. You know, because this gets into beyond the scope of what we're going to cover here. Um, contraception hmm. and family planning and what's okay and what's not okay. The, really, the the place to start is. Well, what what's my view of children? Yeah. If you have an unbiblical view of kids, and that's primarily driving your view or your practice of those things, then you've got problems mm-hmm. because you're already sinning in your your view yeah. of kids. Yeah. So it's possible to have a, a disposition. Uh, so much of this is beyond our individual control. I made this mm-hmm. point um, when I did uh, officiated Josh and Ashley's wedding. Yeah. Um, in the beginning of my message, I talked about that. I get this from Herman Bovink, who points out uh getting married is not so simple as you choosing who you want to marry. You have to find somebody who wants to marry you back. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Which is crazy. And when you think about it that way, Bovink says, Isn't it a wonder anybody ever gets married? Mm. You think you found somebody who wanted to marry you back? Yeah. Isn't that How crazy. About that? Good for you. <laughs> and and so it's the same with having children. Lots of people want to have kids and and would if they could and they mm. can't. And it, it's a painful thing when you see how how is it that people who hate kids are having them and aborting them? And mm. so, so there's a lot here beyond our own control. And and you can honor God in that disposition. Yeah. God, if you were to give this to me, I would gladly receive that. But this is but I'm God con- is sovereign over these things, and I'm yeah. and I'm content with where
0: you have yeah, me now. Yeah. That that's really what, what what we're after. But also, just I think what is important to acknowledge, um, and something that our culture has lost, that. I would argue at the heart of manhood of biblical manhood is fatherhood. And at the heart of biblical womanhood is motherhood. That's it. Not that that is always realized all the time. And if it's not realized, you're not a man. Right. That's not the yep. point. Or that it's always physical, biological Correctly. fatherhood. Right. But that is what your very body is aimed at. Yeah. Um, and, and everything in your disposition, given a gift by God yeah. has been to that end. Mm. And so don't despise that. Right. That's really what DeYoung's trying to get at is don't don't reject how God has made you. Um, yep. It's certainly, you know, there's always the what ifs and yeah, buts and exceptions and yep. all the rest. And we want to acknowledge that and also know that, as you just said, you can be immensely, you can, you can be godly without those things being realized. I mean, look at Jesus. Right. <laughs> look at Paul. Look at all those those men, those single men of the faith. But it's you cannot deny, and that's what our society is mm. in the throes of doing. Of you know the words of um, of Lewis, we, we've we've sought to just pull deep heaven down upon us. Mm. We want to just um, we want to tear down that which God has built up. Yeah, um, and don't reject it. Right.
1: Yeah, and Jesus is a great example of that. Uh, that. Interaction where his disciples are bothered that people are bringing children mm. to Jesus. Yeah, they have a particular attitude of kids. They are an inconvenience, an annoyance, and and we get it, right? They're loud. They are <laughs> difficult to corral and mm. control. And um, you know, we have in mind, oh, how nice would this be if we could just have this worship time uninterrupted mm. and, and no distractions and noises and whatever. And Jesus rebukes them and says, "Don't." Hinder them. The kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. Let the little children come to me. And he welcomes them and he holds them on his lap. And so he has a view of children. He doesn't have biological children. He's not married. Um, but he, he welcomes children. He has a view of kids. And and so anybody can embrace that. And when you participate in gospel community, you have all of these opportunities to live that out, Mm. valuing kids, loving kids, um, watching children grow in their faith. I, I think it's an important reminder to those who have already raised children and their their grown ups. Mm. there there's a temptation there sometimes to think, well I already I, I did my time. That's right. <laughs> I, I survived. I got through it. I'm done. I'm checking out. And actually those people are the ones who have the most experience mm-hmm. and, wisdom and wisdom to bring to right. bear and uh, some margin and capacity to lend a hand mm. to those who are in the, the thick of it, raising young children, it, mm. it's a it's a challenge. And so, within a church community, what a what an incredible environment mm. um, by God's design. That's right, where
0: children can be brought up in the culture of the Lord. Yeah. So, that is a case for kids, um, and it just recognizing that the Lord has been. <laughs> kind to our little family Mm -hmm. of church, our little, our little expression, our local church, um, uh, you know, we're, we're about to dedicate how many? Oh man. Six or seven to Sunday. It's just amazing. And a lot of that have been born very recently. Mm Um, it's just a a more on the way, (laughs) way, a reminder of God's kindness. Um, and and it reminds me again of, um, what, what's the way forward in the crazy world that we live in? Mm. Um, and it's no small thing to say, let's have kids and let's raise yeah. them, be faithful, as, as in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, um, because as the Psalms, the Psalms says, they are arrows to be, they're not just arrows to be put in the quiver and hung up over the fireplace and say, wow, look at that, but to be fired into the world. Yeah. That, and as you said about the um, exponential growth factor, mm. it's not just like it's a single arrow that hits a single target right. um, by God's design, they're, they're arrows that then almost like a shotgun, they, they expand yeah. out into pellets and go further and Way further beyond. Yeah. And it and it's just this it it's also a disposition that reminds me of even just our own Christian faith. Faith is trusting in the promises of God out not not out there like abstract, but in the future that He will continue to be as He has now. Mm-hmm. And in our raising of our kids, it's a daily um, exercise of faith to say God, um, you are doing what I'm doing now, what little faithful steps I'm mm. seeking to do now are, y- you will see through into a future that I will never see. Yeah. And praying that God would, you know, it, it also puts us on our knees mm. to pray for the salvation of our children, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um, and, and thanking God for his kindness to us. Yeah. Um, God, God promises, mm. uh, faithfulness
1: to children's children. That's right. Of those who love him. Trust him, walk in his ways. So it forces us to live and parent by faith, trusting that Uh, what I'm doing seems overwhelming, insignificant. Is it making a difference? Trusting God, walking in his ways, he makes promises to children's children. Maybe I'll just end with one more quote. I know we're going long on this one. There's so much more we we could say. (laughs) And
0: before we before we do close, I I do want to throw in. There is a tendency, I think, amongst. Um, even those of us who are seeking to do it faithfully of of and this is just the battle of the Christian heart to compare to, mm. to and especially when you put yourself in a gospel community and you give yourself to gospel community you're forcing yourself to be around other parents oh man yeah. look how they're doing oh wow they're doing it mate just I want to acknowledge that reality of yeah. um, and, and, and instead of having a disposition, oh man, we're, we got to get our kids under control. Well, maybe, but also <laughs> to 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 lean in and support mm. one another yeah. and, and learn from each other and learn and to yeah. to grow into that. That all that does is strengthen gospel community, Amen. and it deepens our own yeah our own parenting. Sorry, yeah. no, I just I, I think DeYoung does a great job of elevating the
1: call of mm. um, parenthood, and in particular motherhood. Yeah, we live in a culture that really devalues motherhood, tells women who are mothers, you know, that's a waste of your life. Mm-hmm. And really, if you want to be fulfilled as a woman, try to be more like the men mm-hmm. and pursue a career and, you know, prioritize that over family. And, you know, we, we just treat motherhood like it's nothing and mm-hmm. it takes no intelligence. And it's just, it's, it's tragic. And, uh, De Young says too often Christian leaders lay impossible burdens on their people, insisting that they solve a host of social ills and become experts in a thousand different areas, forgetting to assure them that to get married, raise children in the church, and stay married mm-hmm. is a life well lived. Yes. I mean, if you're thinking, wow, well, I, I want my life to count for something. Mm-hmm. I want to do something big for God. The saying, get married, raise children in the church, stay married. Yeah. That that's a faithful life and he he cites you mentioned earlier Malachi 2:15. What is God seeking out of marriage? Godly offspring. That's, right. that's that that's what's pleasing to God. He says women in particular need to know that motherhood is not a lesser calling. Or an interruption in the real business of life Mm. or an impediment to their being truly purposeful, which usually means being more like men. Mm. Just once I'd like to see a Christian college spotlight a stay-at-home mom (laughs) in its alumni magazine. From the way Christian (laughs) schools market themselves, you would never imagine that most of their women graduates become mothers or that normal family life is an honorable Mm. calling. And and we just want to elevate that in our church and hold that up and, and honor moms in Mm. particular, we just hold moms in such high regard because that is such a significant thing. If if you think, well, what am I doing to make an impact on the world? You are raising eternal souls. That's right. That is
0: one of the most significant things happening in the world today. Yeah. And I was reminded of um, a family reunion I went to back in 2015 for the Groons. Um, It was like over a hundred people there. And all it was it was, and you know, we're not talking generations, generations. This was my grandfather's dad. Wow, um, who, who aren't there, right? They're, they they passed back in you mm-hmm. know a long time ago. My grandfather wasn't even there. He, he passed in 2010. Um, but just looking around, like the heritage mm-hmm. of that, and, and you know, I may not be, you know, if me as a man, my my goal is to be, you know, I want to I want to make a million, trillion, gazillion dollars. I want to have a name for myself. I want to build an empire, wh- whatever. Um, I think I hear, it just brings me to tears when I hear stories of mm. these, um, especially coming from my family, my culture of, of farmers, of people who, um, just quietly, faithfully attended church, was married, stayed married, had a bunch of kids who then had a bunch of kids who then had a bunch of kids. And here we are less than 50 years later, uh, hundreds of people gathered at mm. one place, um, family after family after family, walking, you know, walking faithfully with the Lord. And just think, if I die and nobody knows my name, but there's that. If that's if I'm with the Lord, and that's that's what the the production. Mm. Um, a hundred groons out in the world. That is a life well lived. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh man. Amen. Well, so thank you, Ryan. Thank you for
1: this. Yeah, this, is this
0: is sweet. So, till next time.